Now let's turn in our Bible to the Scriptures. I'm going to read a very familiar portion. I'm going to start a wee series of messages, just three of them. Um, the, the, the first message is about a boy who left home. And uh, the next message will be about the boy who stayed at home. And then about the father who looked from home. So, so that's what we're going to think about. But just for tonight, uh, we want to read from Luke chapter 15. And we're reading from verse 11 right through to verse 24. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And the Bible says, Luke 15, verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thine hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Amen, the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text tonight is taken from Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through to 24 and my theme tonight is a young man's search for happiness this very familiar passage is probably one of the most well known of all the parables as told by our lord jesus christ it is better known as the story of the prodigal son although the word prodigal isn't found in the story the word prodigal just means wastefulness. So as, as we think of this story, we discover that this young man is on a quest for happiness, but ends up wasting his life in riotous living. Isn't this a search that's taken up by many, especially young people today? It, it's carried on to this present hour. Some seek the jewel of happiness and drink in drugs, in riches, rock and roll, possessions, education, environment. 
You see, some believe tonight if they could be but a millionaire, if I could be like a billionaire, like, like Donald Trump, well, I'd be really happy. I, I, I would discover the secret of joy and, and inner contentment and peace. Some people believe if they could have silver and gold, then they too would have joy and inner contentment and deep satisfaction and fulfillment. So, so think tonight of this young man. Here he's on a search as he grows up in his home for the key to be happy and content. And maybe there's a young person here in Carried Off FPC tonight. Maybe there's someone listening on the internet and you're engaged in the very same pursuit. And you're asking in your mind, where can I find true happiness and inner contentment? Now, we thank God for you. And we, we are glad that you've come. And we believe tonight you're in the right place. Because, you see, this church believes in preaching that true happiness, real joy and inner contentment is not to be found in riches, not to be found in rock and roll, but in the Redeemer of sinners. Not in silver, but in the Saviour. Not in gold, but in God himself. Doesn't the Bible tell us? Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And the sad thing tonight is that many young people are on a quest for the discovery or the secret of happiness. They go to the cisterns of the world and they begin to drink there. And they discover that they're broken. And they discover the waters that are all failed them. And they discover that the waters, when they stooped the drink, mocked them. It's not what the hymn writer said. I've tried the broken cisterns, Lord. But ah, the waters failed. Even as they stooped the drink, they fled. And mocked me as I wailed. And over in the book of Jeremiah, we read in Jeremiah 2 and 13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. You see, we were singing there. Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. Why? Because there's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. Doesn't the Bible tell us Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord. And I want to tell you tonight, a saved soul is a very satisfied soul. Yes, there's problems and pressures in life's journey, but a saved soul who's filled with a deep, deep love of Jesus and on a quest to know God in a deep or intimate personal level, that soul is truly satisfied. Look at this young man. The story of the prodigal son. Really the story of a wasteful son on the quest for happiness. Now think of three things. The desires that mastered him. As I've said, this young man had a desire for a life of happiness. And that desire completely mastered and controlled his young mind. So much so that he made a very, very solemn demand of his father. Look with me at the text of Scripture. Luke 15 and verse 11. It says, And he said, that's the Lord Jesus, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Now we'll pause there. I want you to notice one of these desires that mastered him was a strong desire. He says to his father, Give me. 
See, up to this time, this young man who was at home enjoyed all the blessings and benefits of the father's table, all the father's provision. Yet somewhere along the line, as he was growing up, he felt a life of total discontentment at home. He was dissatisfied with the father's house. Nothing that the father could do or say or give him could, could satisfy him any longer. Now, we, of course, don't want to blame the young man for wanting a life of happiness. Having a strong desire for a life of happiness is a good thing. But for this young man, here's where it all went so wrong. He believed that the secret of happiness, the key to it, lay outside the father's house. Beyond the father's love and discipline and presence and, and the father's authority. Isn't that like many young people today? They can't just wait to grow up. They can't wait to get away from home. Their mindset is, you know what? The sooner the better. The sooner I'm outside the influence and the presence and the authority of my father or my mother, the better. There's no mention of a mother here. This is a home that has a father and two boys. Is the mummy dead? Did she die in childbirth? She died in young age? Maybe she died of a broken heart. Maybe she's left the home. The Bible is silent. All we know that there was a father who was alive in this home. We know that he had a strong presence in the home. And we know that in the home there was love. There had to be discipline. And there had to be authority. But this young man, he had decided, this was a strong desire, that he didn't want to live under it any longer. It is not the way many tonight treat the God of heaven. God in grace and in love and mercy has daily loaded them with blessings and benefits. He's given them health and strength. He's given them food. He's given them breath to breathe. He's given them the blessing of a home and a family. And yet despite all those blessings, many young people sadly hanker and yearn after other things. And in their heart and mind they become discontent and dissatisfied with life at home. Many young people say they believe in the existence of God. And they like thinking, well, I believe in God. And they think that God's like some sort of um, pop-out genie uh, who just appears to them in time of trouble and day of need. But they reject everything about him, his love. They reject his disciplines. They reject his authority. They, 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 they reject his mercy. They, they reject his holiness. Remember the Lord Jesus said, one of the reasons why he'd come into the world, I'm come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. The Lord Jesus come to give life to the full. And, and many tonight sadly have no joy and happiness and inner contentment simply because they don't know a, 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 an eternal and abundant life in Christ. And sometimes the devil whispers in your ear, you know, if you have life in Christ, it'll be the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life. You'll lose your joy, you'll lose your happiness, you'll lose your contentment. I was saved at the age of 18. And you know, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And I can honestly say from that time, I've known true joy and real happiness and inner contentment because I've discovered it, that it's found in Christ. He's the source of it. 
He he gives the supply of it. The the secret of it has to be with him. See, the devil tells young people, don't get saved because you'll never be satisfied. You'll not be truly happy. You'll be miserable. You'll be unhappy. It's all a lie. And the devil knows it true well. Remember what the psalmist was able to say there in Psalm uh, 32. Uh, He made a tremendous statement about the word blessed. And the word blessed is used over 270 times in the Bible. The Bible talks about the blessed God. The word blessed means happy, happy. Listen to this text. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. This young man, he didn't know true joy and real happiness or inner contentment, but he wanted to find a secret. And he had this strong desire to get away from his father's house. So he said to him, Father, give me. Can I tell you something else about the desires that mastered him? This was a selfish desire. You see, if you think about the home, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. You see, this young man was in rebellion to his father. I I don't know if there was a row in the home or not. But it's all summed up in those words, give me. You see, that's the way he wanted to live. It was me at the center. The priority was himself. He was really showing disrespect towards his father. He was showing disrespect to his brother. He didn't care how the father felt or how his brother felt. He didn't care if they were hurt and offended or upset by his request. He was just full of me. As far as he was concerned, he believed true happiness lay in what he could get out of life. And as Dr. William McRae said during the time of mission here, uh, well over a year ago, that this was a cruel and callous demand. He was really wishing his father was dead. He was really saying to his dad, Dad, you're an old man and you're living too long and I can't wait until you die. Father, give me. In other words, give me now. So so this was not only cruel and callous, this was a cheeky demand. It was all about my rights. Did you know that according to the law, he could legally ask for this? He was entitled to up to one-third of the father's inheritance. A father who had two boys. The eldest boy got two-thirds. And the younger boy got one-third. So he was really asking for his third. And, and how many young people tonight really live by the same worldview? The worldview is not the maker of heaven and earth. It's not their creator. It's, it's me. And they think, well, the more that I can get, the more that I can accumulate of this world's goods, the more that I can put my hands on, then the more happier and fulfilled I'll be. Think of this young man. Give me my money, Dad. He's full of excitement. And he wants his own way. So he can live out his own worldview and do all that his heart desires and all that's eyes can see. You see, it all has to do with self. And you know what the problem is with this young man? He was leaving the Lord out. He forgot that living for self and and living for all that you can do revolves around yourself. 
And he's leaving God out of his life. Leaving God out of his life in time. And in danger of leaving God out of life in eternity. You know, there's two ways to live. You can live with God or you can live without God. There's two ways to die. You can die without God or you can die with God. Wouldn't it be terrible to die and end up a godless sinner in a lost hell? See, this is a selfish desire. Are you like that tonight? Is that a picture of you? This is a stubborn desire. Because this young man, I believe, didn't care who got hurt. Even if his father had to sell the home or, or, or sell the farm, it was, Father, give me. My happiness and my freedom depends on it. I want out of your control, your authority, and your discipline. And, and this young man was really being rebellious. Is that what you're saying to the Lord tonight? Leave me alone and let me go my own way, do my own thing. You, you, you think of the desires that mastered him. I want you to think, secondly, and very quickly, the departure that motivated him. You see, what do we read in the Bible? And he divided unto them his living. Isn't that what we read in verse 12? Now, let's pause. See, legally he was entitled to one-third of the father's inheritance. He was legally probably only entitled to it when the father was dead, but he asked for it. Father, give me. And the father gave it to him. What does it say in the Bible? And he divided unto them his living. Now, we're going to ask the question, why? I want you to think about this. See, the father could have said, you're not getting it now, son. You'll wait till I'm dead. See, some people say, well, the father's too soft. The father's being religious. And why didn't the father rebuke the boy? Why didn't he give him a slap in the face? Or why didn't he give him a boot in the rear end and tell him to wise up? We don't read that. What do we read? And he divided unto them his living. Was the father being too soft? No. Let me tell you why I believe that. The father knew he had already lost his son. See, this is a story about lost things. This boy was lost in the father's house. His, his heart and his mind was far away from this father's house. He was the lost son. That's why the Lord Jesus told this parable. This young man on this quest for happiness was already a lost son. That's why the father gave him what he desired. And do you know what? God gives many sinners up to what they desire. Thinking of God giving a sinner up and over to lust. Romans 1 talks about that. Giving them up to a reprobate mind to do those things that are unlawful. Giving them up to what their soul desires, yet sending lenience to their soul. See, this boy, this lost boy, he could only be cured by learning better lessons in the hard school of life. There was no way this father was going to win the boy. No, no, no amount of arguing. No amount of rise. Why? Because this boy was in the far country already. It was in his heart. It was in his mind. And God often gives the sinner up to their sin and their folly. And if they want their sin, the Lord tells them to go ahead. 
Sin as much as you want. Isn't that what he says in the book of Ecclesiastes? We read over there in Ecclesiastes um, chapter 11. It, it tells us this in the last part of the verse. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all of these things, God will bring you into judgment. That's why he says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, even in the evil things you're doing, in the drink and the drugs and the party scene, I find no pleasure in them. See, let me tell you something tonight. Do you know that God is not mocked? Remember what we read over there in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Here's the doctrine of the law of the harvest. What you sow, you reap. And these farmers know that oftentimes when you sow a crop, you reap a lot far more than you actually sow. Here's this young man. And he's hankering to get away from home. And many young men are hankering to get away from the Lord. Out into the far country. Because they're already there in their heart and in their mind. But God is not mocked. And you know what the Bible tells us here? And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Think of this young man. Bags packed, pockets full, setting off. His father standing at the door, maybe a tear in the eye. Maybe wanting to embrace him and the young fella refusing it. He's getting away as far as possible from the father's house. He didn't want to see the father again. He didn't want to watch his father. He, he didn't want to hear his father. Neither his prayers or his protests. Getting away as far as possible to do what? To sow his wild oats. To do anything that he wants in the lifestyle that he chooses. I believe he went as far away as he could go. I believe he lived as if he was no further accountable to the father or the father's house. But how many young people decide, well, you know what, we'll leave home. And when they leave home, well, they leave the church behind as well. And they believe off listening to the things of God. And they want to forget about God. And many of them sadly end up with very um, atheistic influences impacting upon their heart and upon their mind. As well as uh, hedonistic thinking as well. Here's the lifestyle. No father's house. No God. No Bible. No church. No, no parents to, to influence me. To, to, to protest me. Severed all links. Couldn't wait to get away. Young person, am I describing you tonight in your heart and mind that you're already in the far country, but you can't get a, wait to get away from the influences of your father's love, influence, authority, discipline? Here's a young man, and he's got this money. And what's he going to do with the money? Is he going to help others? 
Is he going to be a good citizen? Is he going to help noble causes? Is he going to help the church? Is he going to use it for good and for God? No. What do we read in the Bible? It says, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Take out the word substance and put in money. Riotous living. Well, what is riotous living? He, 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 it's a life given over to sin and evil. This young man was living to satisfy and gratify all was in his heart. He, he squandered it until it was all gone. All the riches and every resources. If you look at verse 30, it gives us a wee insight. It says, this is the elder brother, but as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about harlotry. It's a lot to say about the house of the harlot. It actually tells us there in Proverbs chapter uh, 7 and in the verse 27, her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. It tells us in verse um, uh, 18 of chapter 9, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Do you know one day this young man discovered that all his silver was depleted. His money was gone. He spent it all. And what does the Bible tell us? Verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Is not typical of life's journey? When he had spent all at that moment, Circumstances change And there's a famine A mighty famine in the land And he begins to be in one And he's beginning to learn a hard lesson Sin is a hard taskmaster And when did it happen? The famine came when his pockets were empty It couldn't have happened at the worst time And where did it happen? It happened, the Bible says In that land In the far country In the place where he went To find happiness and inner contentment And deep satisfaction and you know, in that place of happiness, many don't prepare for a famine situation. They, they don't lay goods by and store for a difficult time. A famine in that land. Could, could I ask tonight, does the publican really care how much people drink at their bar? They, they could drink themselves into a stupor. Does the drug pusher really care how much drugs you actually buy off them or inject into your body or inhale? Do, do, does, does the DJ care the, the times that you spend bobbing up and down to his music? Or, or, or the bookie care how many times you visit the, the, the bookie's house? The answer is no. And did anybody care for this young man in this situation in this country? No, the Bible tells us Verse 16, and no man gave unto him. Think of that. He began to be in want, and no man gave unto him. Losing his money in the way that he did. A mighty famine. He went out with the thought, wine and woman and song. And what did he come home with? Weeping and worry and sorrow. And, and his life was turned upside down, inside out. He lost his freedom. Oh, he went out to get freedom. Do you know what he ended up? He ended up, the Bible tells us, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Do you know what that means? He sold himself. If you give me a morsel of bread, or you do this for me, I'll I, I give myself over to you. You'll become my master, and I'll become your slave. 
He's shackled to the old life. He's still got a stubborn streak in mindset. He's now a bond slave. No man gave unto him. Did the master have mercy on him? Was there any thought for this young man? Was there any kindness? No, what to do? He sent him to feed swine. Wasn't that really the worst thing that the master could have done? Remember, he's from a Jewish background. And what does he do? The Bible tells us. He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. He was so hungry, he wanted to eat what they were eating. And I want you to think thirdly and finally, the discoveries that he made. What did he discover in the far country? He discovered that he was a failure. The Bible tells us in verse 17, and when he came to himself, that that's the first step to the road to recovery. Come unto yourself. Discovering that you have sinned. Discovering that you're a big failure. He now sees his folly and his madness. Oh, he went out with a big fella, his head high. Freedom in his mind, pockets full. He's now sitting with the pigs. His belly's empty. And he begins to think. And when he came to himself, he now is in a right frame of mind. He then thinks not only of his failure, But he thinks of his father. It says, and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Make me as one of thine hired servants. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thine hired servants. You see, it was father, give me. Now it's father, Make me. Set out to be wise. And yet the young man became a fool. He set out to be strong. And yet he returned home in weakness and in brokenness. And this young man discovered and remembered his absolute failure. Now he's not talking about his rights. Now he's talking about his responsibility. I believe he discovered the madness and folly of his failure and his sin that had brought him to that place. In his heart and mind, he had already repented. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And what will he say? Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. Remember, he had broke the father's heart. Remember, the father had left him to the door. He'd left the Father's presence, but glory to God, he'd never left the Father's prayers. Look with me very quickly at verse 20 as we finish. It says, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. There's the first thing. Father was looking for him, watching for him. God is watching you tonight. Notice this, and had compassion. Isn't that lovely? A heart of love. This boy that was lost was found again. This boy that was dead to the father is now alive again. This this boy who'd wasted a third of the father's inheritance. Oh, the father had compassion on him. Notice it says, and ran. Isn't that tremendous? It, It says here, and fell on his neck. There's the fourth thing. And kissed him. Five things the father did. Doesn't this teach us about the grace of the father? Undeserved and unmerited. What did he find in the father's house? The secret of true happiness was there all along. 
In the Father's house, there's love and discipline and authority and rule. And it's all under the Father's roof. And they told and they said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and no more worthy to be called thy son. The father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring in his hand and shoes in his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Here's the story of the prodigal son. We've preached on it before. I've really only skirted over it. And I pray tonight that you'll see as a young person, how futile it is to live without God. And if you're on a quest for happiness, and you want to discover the secret of it, I want you to think of this as we finish. It's not found in riches, but in the Redeemer. It's not in silver, it's in the Savior. It's not in gold, it's in God. And if you could discover that, what a discovery you would make in life's journey. Because then you would be spared from wasting your life. You'd be spared from going to the far country. And you discover that all you need for the secret of happiness is in a personal, loving relationship with the Father as the Father's child. The Lord bless you tonight. Thank you for coming and thank you for listening.